Well, to describe my next guest as a super fan of pop culture would be an understatement. Stephen Foster has travelled the world in pursuit of music and euphoria. He is a mega fan of so many celebrities, and along the way he's collected a raft of photographs with people like Madonna, Janet Jackson, Gloria Estefan, Kylie Minogue, Cher, Cindy Lauper, and I could honestly go on and on and on. You're not going to believe some of the stories that this guy has to tell. Stephen, welcome to Time to Talk. Good day. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) It's great to hear you. It must be quite the lifestyle you lead, Stephen, kind of following the, it's what I call following the cool flame of celebrity wherever it happens to lead you. (laughs) I don't know if I call it a lifestyle. Um, It's actually quite exhausting. Um, (laughs) Really? Yeah, it is. I mean, because, you know, I can't remember. I think it's like 10 years since I last had a proper holiday. When, you know, you travel to concerts and stuff, it's, it's very much airports, concert venues and airports again. Um, so oh, you know, yeah. it can be quite exhausting, but it's fun. It's really good fun. I completely admire it, though. I really do. The dedication that you put into this, and obviously you take a lot out of it too. The reason oh, you and I connected is because this is honest, hand on heart, the truth. I started to recognize you, Stephen. I could see you, and it was confusing to me because often, as a huge pop culture fan myself, mm-hmm. I'll notice the same person with the same star. But yes. with you, I started to cross-reference. I used to go, "Hang on a second, I've seen like I've seen you in the like." I'm not just talking photographs; I'm talking about videos of little yeah. mm-hmm. concerts and bigger concerts. And I kept seeing you pop up, and I'm thinking, "Wow, this guy's <laughs> probably like me. He must chase." pop culture rather than just one artist which is amazing so anyway look at the end of the day today what we decided is that you're going to take us through your top five photographs uh of meeting different celebrities because we thought that's mm-hmm. going to be rather fun okay. <laughs> and i've got to say you what a treasure trove and it was really hard for you to select wasn't it it was because there are other people who were left out that i really love admire and respect to i mean you know since i think my third birthday i bought my first record uh, music has kind of really been in my DNA and my bloodstream. Let's be devilish. Who do you love that is now on the chopping floor that we're not talking about today? Who do you love and feel really guilty about? <laughs> uh, well, there is Annie Lennox. Did I? I don't think I. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so Annie Lennox is a, a major love in Eurythmics. Um, I've been fortunate to meet her twice. Mariah Carey, who. I know that she's a bit like Marmite. She divides opinions, but I think she is a she's a genius and she's very underrated for her songwriting abilities. A very tough job for you there, um, putting putting some of those to the side. But look, start us off with the with the big one, Madonna. You've met Madonna, and the yes. photo that you that you've got. I know that you've got a few, but I mean, my goodness, amazing! Like, gives me goosebumps to look at it. Um, gets me curious as well tell us about meeting madonna so the meeting madonna it was kind of by good fortune essentially um madonna was holding a charity event and madonna's notorious that she doesn't interact with fans on a very localized level um but there was an opportunity she was holding a charity event in miami in december 2016 and uh it was an auction for her charity raising malawi to open an orthopedics hospital in Malawi, attended, right? He did, and their chemistry was quite infatuating. Actually, I, I thought they're getting back together. They were extremely close, and mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it was a major night. But we had an opportunity 
the, uh, the way that it was promoted was, you know, you bought a table, um, four people out of the table of 10 could have a photograph with Madonna. So we said... How much was the table, Stephen? Honestly, <laughs> it was uh, 250,000 US dollars. So... OMG, I expected yeah. to hear something unbelievable but i honest to god did not expect to hear that i mean i have to ask Stephen, and I, i'm really sorry that it's rude but how how did you do it most of us listening could not well to be brutally frank it's only because i had been saving my entire life for almost you know rainy days and this came up and i spoke with people who are close to me and they were like you know you're never gonna have an opportunity like this again um do it and so it kind of, you know, having that support and encouragement from from friends and family, I just said, you know what, you know, this could never, ha- may never happen again. And it would be such a thrill, you know, cause, you know, the first concert I ever left my country for was to see Madonna in 1993 in London. Um, and she's been a major part of my life. So, yeah, it was, I mean, it was, I mean, so there were 10 of us at the table, four of us who were having the picture. We paid a little bit more, but it was divided out. So, yeah, it was, it was still a lot of money, <laughs> no question. But it was going to charity. So um, well, in that regard, I felt, you know, there was something good in it. Um, but it was quite an intimidating evening because you had people like Leonardo DiCaprio there, um, Paris Hilton, David Blaine, Ariana Grande, Sean Penn, who you've mentioned, Courtney Love, Chris Rock. And Madonna was auctioning off items which were eye-watering. I mean, in this room of, what, 400 people, the money that must have been there. So me and my friends, we were very insignificant. And the things that Madonna was auctioning off, I mean, were selling for eye-watering amounts of money. I mean, we're talking six, $700,000. The auction was something else. I mean, she was bringing Ariana Grande on stage wearing a, a dress she wore in the Rebel Heart Tour, with Sean Penn, she badgered him into buying for $160,000. She made her own manager buy two of her uh, personal portraits by different artists for an obscene amount of money. So she has a very persuasive influence, and she actually convinced me into buying something from her too. So, you um, bought something on top of everything else? Yeah, I did. I bought a chair from her that she had used on the Rebel Heart Tour. You bought a chair. Yeah, it's, it's all over the internet. So, <laughs> um, And we didn't know it was being videoed, actually, that evening. So it was the next morning waking up, and I had over 700 notifications on my Facebook. And I was like, what's going on? And I had a text from my sister, which was basically, what the blankety-blank have you bloody done? And I was like, what's going on? And so then I realized, okay, this has been uh, streamed on Facebook. And so... You said about, you know, which was very kind of you to say that you recognize me, but from that, I've been recognized a lot by people, yeah. um, which is kind Where's of weird. It now? It's literally beside me. <laughs> my God, Stephen, I'm, you're blowing my mind here. You're killing me. Well, it, it was just bizarre. So, I mean, so the evening, you know, having met her and then, you know, I said to Madonna, I'll buy this from you if you give me a kiss. And she gave me a kiss and stuff and... That was all great. But after that, there was so much adrenaline, I got extremely drunk. So I don't remember the end of the evening. I remember the show, but the end of the evening winding up. And only my friend who came with me, we were sharing a room, had brought the chair back with me. I would have left it at the venue. (laughs) That's the whole irony. But, you know, this is where you realize Madonna's a shrewd person because 
I mean, literally within 15 seconds of the scene happening, I had a tap on my shoulder asking for my credit card details. Oh, my God. This you know, is, so they, it, she doesn't miss a beat. <laughs> but it was an amazing experience, you know, and the photographs just alone of that. And actually, to me, they're more special than the official photograph that I had. But it was just a, an amazing evening. It was phenomenal. You know, money can't buy it as such. Money did buy it. But, you know, you can, it's never going to be repeated. And, you know, so I'll never have a regret with that one. I really I won't. Wow. Absolutely no regrets to quote Madonna. No. Stephen, I saw in that photo, one of the photos at least, because you've got a few, of, uh, with Madonna. Um, yeah. It looks like one of those typical um, moments where people queue and you're brought in and you get your you get mm-hmm. your snap with Madonna. Yes. I, I'm just going to be honest with you. It looks like she's, she's folding her arms. She doesn't look particularly pleased to be doing it, not necessarily with you, but maybe the whole thing. Yeah. But we have a video of it. So basically I was the fourth person to meet her and she was trying to find her groove. So if you watch the video, actually, she's, you can see that she's just starting to play around with her body to get into a comfortable mode. And the people who were before me are actually three of my friends, and her body language was a little bit more stiff. Mm-hmm. So it, it wasn't that she was uncomfortable as such. It's just because she doesn't do it that often, I think. I think that's what it was. Can I ask, are there rules? Because sometimes I watch YouTube videos of people who did what you did, not with Madonna necessarily, but any star. And there are often rules about what you can and can't do when you stride across the floor. Mm -hmm. What were the rules here? Absolutely zero. You're joking. They didn't say don't touch her, don't look her in the eye. (laughs) No, no, gosh, no, none of that whatsoever. I mean, this was Madonna's charity event. It was a big deal. So, you know, I think in many regards, she had to be as charming as she can possibly be um because you know she does struggle to build rapport but you know it was very quick though i mean you know the meeting was 30 seconds so it's very very hard to gauge there was maybe a bit more of it was it was it was less fans it was more people in the arts and the industry uh big philanthropists so i don't think there was much of a concern in fact Myself and my three friends, we were the only fans who were there. And we had been quite strictly vetted before with Madonna's manager. He knew who we all were and stuff. So I think that gave them a level of comfort. They knew that we weren't psychotic stalkers. Uh, Uh, We just genuinely appreciated her. And we wanted to do something nice too. You're standing that close to Madonna. Can you give us a sense about um, what she looked like uh, and how it felt to be near her? Because we see her as larger than life on the TV. And that is the thing, that is the thing, you know, because even being at concerts and seeing her, you know, even in the front row, you know, she is very petite, she's very small, but even more up close, she's got very soft eyes, very soft skin, but is incredibly small. I mean, I'm not a small guy, so her beside me, she looks even smaller, Um, but very petite, but yet has just this enormous presence. You know, and people talk about that and, you know, you hear about people talking about certain icons or celebrities just being there in the room. You know that they're there with Madonna when she arrived in that room. You knew that Madonna was present. She does portray herself as being very cold, very hard, quote unquote, a bitch. But yet she does all these things for charity. My my concern or my, I guess, what I'm anticipating is, is that 
it'll be whenever she leaves this earth, only then will people begin to realize just how much value she added, not just to the arts, but to society. Tell us about meeting Pat Benatar. Uh, Meeting Pat was just a dream. I mean, I've been a fan of Pat since the early 80s. Pat hasn't toured the UK since 83, and that was only in London. So I had never had a chance to see her. And it was in 2015, some stuff had happened, and I had a conversation with my mum. And, you know, she was saying, you know, what are some of the things that you still want in life? And I was like, it's to meet Pat Benatar and to see her in concert. So I went to Washington, D.C. to see her. And it was just an amazing meeting. It was about 10 minutes with her privately in her dressing room. Um, she was very engaging. And from that, actually, I've been to see Pat about eight or nine times now, but I go for free as her guest. You go for the free? Last, last year in Vegas. I mean, she just was quite astounded, A, that, you know, outside of the United States, which is her, tra- her chief territory, I know she has some popularity in Australia and New Zealand, but, you know, she was never massive in the UK, so it was kind of a big deal for her, but it was more of a big deal for me because I thought, this is never going to happen. And she is actually my favorite albums artist in the world. I mean, I, nobody makes better albums, more consistent albums than Pat. I mean, and she, if a picture can tell a thousand words, then there is a great warmth in the photo uh, yeah. between yourself and Pat. And, and what do you mean that you now go for free? Does she consider you a friend? Yes. Well, well friendly. Um, but yeah, so it was, I, I went back then the following year and her, her assistant who's friends with me on Facebook, Aaron, you know, she said, look, you know, that's it. You come as our guest from here on in. And after, after that meeting, great Pat said, I love you and all this the really bizarre My things you, you don't expect to hear. And yeah. And like she last year, you. so I saw two shows in Vegas as her guest, I, a couple of more times in New Jersey and Staten Island and stuff. So She's very nice. And, you know, on Facebook, you know, if I make comments, she'll reply to me quite often. Um, that is amazing. Congratulations on, oh. on forging a friendship with Pat Benatar. i got to ask, what, what do you make of her? Uh, again, taking on board that, you know, you haven't spent a whole stack of time, but what type no. of person is Pat? She's very humble. And I, th- I think that's that was kind of the disarming thing. I'm like, you've won four Grammys. You're recognized as one of the the biggest pioneers in rock, let alone being a female in rock, but yet having conversations with her. She's very soft-spoken, uh, but very cheerful, um, very tactile as well, uh, just extremely friendly. And she wants to know about you. Um, I had some ill health, which she had found out about, and uh, not through me, um, and she contacted me. And it was like, you know, what's going on here? Um, and so when I saw her last year, in Vegas, she actually shared some stories with me, too, about her health. And I was like, you don't know me well enough. I could be giving this stuff away to the media for all that you know. Not that I would do that, but she's very trusting. Um, but, yeah, just a lovely, lovely, lovely person. And growing up in, in Northern Ireland as, as a kid, watching these artists on MTV, music videos and stuff, the thought of even seeing some of these people was just alien. It was completely alien. And very few artists back when I was growing up came to Ireland because of our political troubles. So you kind of put them on a pedestal. But then to meet them and to realize how human they are, it's, it's, it's a very warming thing. How many times did you meet Janet Jackson, Stephen? 
So Janet, I have met six times throughout the years, twice in the 90s, and then uh, four times last year, actually, in Vegas, she did her residency. How do you get the opportunity to go up and, and get photos with someone like Janet Jackson? How did it come about? Um, well, the first two meetings were actually, um, it was her, the, fir- the first meeting was I went to see her in France. It was my first time seeing her, actually, and I met her boyfriend. Who, it was actually her husband, but we didn't know at the time. Rene in the crowd and I went and spoke to him and he brought me backstage to meet her and that was completely unexpected there was no design involved the second time it was the Velvet Robe album launch in London I got invited um, from the fan club to go and I got to meet her again there was no cost involved in that Um, but last year with Vegas it was meet and greet you you had to purchase a meet and greet I mean she's been very unavailable particularly since she's uh, become a mother and by the by the the last meeting she knew me by name which was again very very nice so she pays attention oh that is amazing and what's she like what's janet like she's very soft-spoken um again very very humble so she's got very very shy body language but yet again when she's in front of the camera you know she has that smile she you know, she knows how to work it. She's a pro, but no, extremely humble, very soft-spoken. And actually, sometimes it was, you did have to lean it a little, a little bit just to hear what she was saying. Wow. What does Janet look like up close? Again, like, I think she's larger than life on TV, the, the type of art that she makes. What's she like mm. in, in the flesh? Extremely petite. Uh, she had very big hair. Um, obviously, not her real hair, but... It kind of made her look even smaller, but very, very tiny. And she was wearing, in the, all the meet and greet, she was wearing very relaxed clothes. So it kind of like didn't just show off how tiny she was. But when you watched her in the room, because th- those meet and greets were nice. Because normally in a meet and greet situation, I don't know if you've ever done one, but you're kind of ushered in in a queue and ushered out again. But with Janet's meet and greets, it was all the people in a room. You went up, had your picture, then people stood back and watched so you're actually uh-huh. able to watch a lot of the interactions and just, you know, it kind of, you know, put into your mind what she was like as a person, how she behaved and stuff beyond yourself. But yeah, I mean, unbelievably attractive, unbelievably attractive. Um, I'd say she's one of the most attractive people in the world. So, Stephen, we're going to talk about Gloria Estefan and, and Kylie in a moment, but what do you get out of, uh, of, of doing this? You Obviously, you, you do a lot of travelling to meet these celebrities. What is it that you take as a person from, from meeting people with these sorts of auras? I travel to see the concerts because, you know, I'm not a materialistic kind of person. You know, I lost my parents both at very young ages, and um, – I think just my learning life is around, you know, life is very short. You want to have experiences that matter. And because mm-hmm. music's so important to me, um, going to see concerts, it, it gives me that joy. And I'm, I'm doing it with friends. And also I'm seeing the world. So that's kind of like my motivation. So, you know, there's a bit of travel, a bit of culture involved. But yeah. spending it with people who matter to me, it's probably as important as seeing the artist. You know, but, Isn't that amazing? So the, the the music and the experience is equally, if not more so, important than than meeting the artists. Oh, completely, completely. The, meeting the artist is a plus, but going and enjoying those songs, songs you know that are soundtracks to your life. Um, yeah, 
but sharing it with people who have maybe had similar experiences, you know, have had those things. There's something very beautiful in it for me. It's, it's, it's very, it's emotional. You're talking to someone who really gets it. A lot of people don't, Stephen, but I get it. I get that pop culture and they're, they're mm-hmm. markers to your life. It's emotional. It's and, mm-hmm. and most of all, it's uplifting and euphoric. Yeah, you yeah. know, I completely agree. Euphoria is one of my favorite uh, words to use because, you know, it just summarizes it all. And music to me is like an oral photograph. And, you know, it gives me the feelings, the emotions, etc. the time that I was as much as a photograph would. Let's talk about Gloria Estefan. I love the photo that you have. I'm sure you've got more than one, but the one that I that I particularly enjoy is there is such a story to this photograph, and she clearly is engaged with you. And there's a, oh, there's something very warm about it. Tell us about meeting Gloria. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, I've met Gloria. I'm sure about twenty times now throughout the years. Um, she follows. She knows me on your Twitter. name. We, she, you know. We message sometimes on Twitter. You know, my love of Gloria, I remember Bad Boy and Hot Summer Nights, but her uh, a tour was shown on television in 1988. Um, it was her Let It Loose tour in Miami, and I recorded it more out of instinct. I'd heard some of her songs on uh, American radio chart shows, but she hadn't had many hits in the UK at that point. And I recorded it, and I just became obsessed with the show. Like a I magnet. It was the most magnificent live show I'd seen until that point, and it probably is one of my favorite shows still to this day. Um, and I just loved the music, you know, the fusion of Latin with pop. Um, again, a very warm person, a very caring person. And the first time I saw them was in 1991. I saw two shows in Dublin. Um, I cried after thinking I'll never, I'm not going to see her again. I've never had that emotion after a concert before. Um, And there's just something about her, her music that just, I can't describe it. I really can't describe it. And, you know, I would say my top 10 albums of all time, two of them are glorious. Um, And how good is her latest album, by the way? Incredible. It's on a loop. Stephen, tell us about the photo. What was going on in that? It looks like you're deep in a conversation. Which photo did I send you? Is it us pointing at each other? Was that the one? Yes, yes. Yeah, so that was at the Royal Albert Hall in 2013. And so essentially, um, her fan club is called Conga. And, you know, there's about 100 members in it. It's not like a massive fan club, but everybody's well known. And I would say about 50 of them were attending the event in the Royal Albert Hall. So we had a T-shirt made, which I had had designed. And so when she met me, I was wearing the T-shirt. And she was like, oh, I really like the T-shirt. I was like, I did that. And so my friend captured that moment. Oh, isn't that cool? <laughs> that was really cool. It's like, oh, because it was like, oh, how, how nice of you to, to notice the T-shirt. Because you're meeting so many people and they're wearing it in different shapes and forms. Uh, but, yeah, she's, she's very in touch with, you know, what's going on. She really watches her audience and stuff. You know, she, she she senses a lot of things. And, you know, like she does, you know, she kind of follows the communities online. Um, and she can talk about stuff that we've been talking about. So she's she's very savvy. It would appear quite a tactile person too, Stephen, in terms of like oh. it, it's – I would have thought it would be quite rare for a star to let you 
cuddle up to them and it's quite intimate. This is not forced at all. It's a very intimate photo, actually. You're on friendly terms with her. Very friendly terms. I mean, there's some crazier ones than me. I mean, because, you know, she'll have a drink with us and stuff and sometimes, you know, people will get merry and they'll pick her up and carry her around and she's like kind of happy to do it. I don't think I could go that far with her. Yeah, I mean, it's like... You wouldn't be able to do that with Madonna. <laughs> you, you'd be gunned down, wouldn't you? <laughs> you'd, you'd be in a cell. Uh, no, that's definitely not. No, she, she works on a different level. And it's, you know, it's very inspiring because, you know, I think, you know, commercially and successfully, she would be on a par with Madonna, if not more, because she owns the rights to all her songs and stuff. She's, you know, you know, so she's a very clever business lady, but she's just so down to earth with it. And I think that's what people are endeared to her. I mean, I wish she was more active as an artist because I think she could still be having bigger levels of success, but she doesn't want that or she doesn't feel the need for that anymore. She just wants to work at a different level. So, Stephen, you know I've saved my favourite for last. (laughs) I I, I, I deliberately did that. I love the fact that you're hunched down quite significantly to take um, the photo that we have of you and Kylie Minogue. Tell us about meeting Kylie. She's so diminutive, isn't she? Actually, so what was really lovely, the meeting with Madonna, so several weeks before I met Cher, and the day after I came home from meeting Madonna, I met Kylie again at the Royal Albert Hall and had a picture with her. So that was after quite a Kylie couple Christmas. of weeks. Um, but, you know, Kylie, again, you know, I've been a fan since 88, um, traveled the world. I went to Melbourne for a weekend to see her on the anteater. You know, I there's just something about her that I can't, I guess I can't shake. You know, she just gives you a certain feeling a sense of euphoria again to not to overcook that word whereby she's the consummate artist but she gives you something new each time that she creates a project and her stage shows i mean there are very few artists like her who can stage a show and bring so many different types of people together it's it's kind of mind-blowing i mean i'll always be a pwl guy you know that's where my heart is but you know, there isn't an era or a project that she's done that I've gone, mm, you know, everything is so enjoyable. What does she look like up close? What does she smell like? What does she say to you? Does she have an aura? I keep hearing that she's a, quite a presence, which a lot of celebrities do, but I've heard that, you know, Kylie has a particularly strong star quality. She has a complete star quality. I think actually after Madonna, I mean, she has that, you know, it's like, I'm bitch, I'm Madonna, or I'm Cher, I'm Kylie. You know, it it's that, and you know she's in the room. It's it's quite electric. It really is electric. Yeah. But, you know, she knows how to ham it up. And, you know, people have said in the media, well, how sincere is she? I do think she is sincere, but I know she's sincere, but she does have a little bit of a guard. And I guess, you know, you don't make it this far in your career without having some guards up because, you know, She's been through a lot. She's been vilified at times and she's pulled herself back. So she has to be, I guess, cautious about who she talks to and the way that she talks. So you do feel that. But, you know, any time that, you know, you chat to her, the, the last time was nice, actually. She said, look, I know who you are. You're Steve. Isn't that right? So I don't know how prepped she was for that. But she does know who her, her I guess, her, her regular fans are. And that was really disarming because I thought, you know, 
with Gloria, it's fine because we interact and I'm with Pat, but for Kylie to have said that it was, it was really something else. It really, really was. And I, I, all I could say was, I hope it's for the right reasons. And it, it feels nice because, you know, Stephen. Yes. I, 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 I have to ask this, and I mean it with the, the most respect possible. Is it possible? Do you ever get the the sense that um, some of the stars, if they see you keep popping up over and over, that they get alarmed by that? Because there's a line, isn't there, between being a being a fan and a stalker? And I'm not suggesting for a moment you're a stalker. Oh, I can clearly hear no, no, no. What, what you get out of this. But do you think that people like Kylie have a big team around them that they identify you and just make sure you're safe? If they didn't, I would be surprised. Um, absolutely. Yeah. You know, they should, but Sean, her manager, he's always very, very gracious and stuff. I think they know, yes, if you see regular people in the front row, I would never go to her hotel. I would never go to her home. You know, I respect the boundaries. So when I have these opportunities, they're in public or they're organized. So I would never overstep that mark. And some people do. Some people do, and you know, I'm, it's it's not for me to judge them or their motivation, um, but which is why I said when Kylie said, "I know who you are," I said, "I hope it's for the right reasons," because I would <laughs> I, I would back off if I thought that any artist thought that because I would never want to make somebody feel that way. I just want to show support and appreciation, and love. Absolutely. Have you ever had a bad experience with with a superstar? Uh, I've had a couple. Go on. Um, one was in 1996. I met Belinda Carlisle. She came to a television show in Northern Ireland, and she'd just flown in for it. And my friend and I went down. and I think We were the only fans there to meet her. And, you know, we were in the, the audience, and we waited for her outside. And, I mean, she, she just basically snarled at us. What do you mean by snarled at? What did she actually do? When we asked for an autograph, she was like, okay. And basically just, you know, really hard sign that she tore with the pen into the cover, you know. Wow. So you could tell it just wasn't, it wasn't a good day for her. And the other experience you were going to say? Uh, well, there have been a few. Cindy Lauper, once she was very off. It wasn't me, but there were people around trying to take photographs. And, you know, she, she stormed off. And I, I don't blame her, actually, because, you know, They'd requested in advance that she was coming out to do autographs, don't take photos, but some fans just didn't, you know, respect the request. <laughs> and, you know, when that happens, you know, of course, you know, you're going to get irate and stuff. But is that, um, a, re- is that a reasonable request, though, Stephen? No photographs, really? You're Cindy Lauper. Can you actually request that of fans? It's ridiculous, isn't it? Well, I think she'd had a little bit of a chemical peel. Um, so oh. Looking uh, porcelain. Uh, for one okay. bit, that, that's my interpretation looking at her i could be wrong so um but i think that's what it was you know it's an amazing life you lead Stephen. i'm just captivated listening to you about all these stories and and you get as human beings we can pick up a sense of about who people are that's what we're programmed to do in a quite right, a short absolutely. space of time we're not always right absolutely not but you, you certainly have had the up close and personal encounters haven't you no, it's been very nice to talk to you. And, you know, as I say, you know, I think, you know, for many people, they don't understand music and I get that. Uh, but for people who do, it's like, you know, embrace what you feel and enjoy it because, you know, we only get one crack at this. So, 
Absolutely. Good on you, Stephen. You have a fantastic day.